0: Hi, I'm Natalie Sadgrass. I'm from the UConn Women's Hockey Team, and you're listening to College Hockey Talk.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's episode, I welcome back a very special guest. She is the all-time leading goal scorer for the Yukon women's hockey team, and she is also the captain of the team who helped lead the program to one of their best seasons ever, which included being ranked for the first time since 2009. Lastly, she also has the most appearances on College Hockey Talk uh, with three. So welcome back to the podcast, Natalie Snodgrass. How's everything going?
0: It's going great. And again, thank you so much for having me back. I love being here. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to get started.
1: How does it feel to be the most appeared guest on College Hockey Talk? It's kind of crazy because I, I know. been on three different eras the beginning era where I was terrible at interviewing, and I was the beginning part where I was kind of figuring out, and now where I feel like I'm a lot better than I was when I started.
0: Yeah, it's definitely um, a title I will hold very dear to my heart. Um, I'm glad that I was kind of the guinea pig and now I'm kind of like a pro at it. So um, I feel like I'm in the process with you. So I'm just, I'm happy to be a part of it.
1: Awesome. Yeah, you are obviously the first women's hockey player that we've ever had on the podcast, or at least I interviewed. So I really appreciate you coming on. It really means a lot to myself. But how's everything going uh, with yourself? both off the ice and on the ice as well it seems like it's been going well on the ice part but is there been anything interesting off the ice that you've been up to
0: yeah um, well I'm newly retired um, from college hockey so that is um, a little culture shock it's a transition in itself but um, yeah I'm adapting I'm still trying to figure out how to work out um, not with a team so that kind of sucks but um, off the ice and away from hockey life is good. I just got back from a little spring break trip. Um, I went to go see my family back home and see my dog. So, um, I think that was just a good little reset that I needed and uh, to finish up my last two months of college. So. Yeah. That's
1: awesome. How's uh, how's the family doing in Minnesota?
0: They're good. Um, it's still snowing there. It's still very cold. And I think they're very sick of that. Um, But other than that, my dogs were amazing. They missed me um, and I missed them so much. So it was good to see them too.
1: Now, I kind of want to start this interview talking about the beginning of kind of the end of last year and kind of work all the way up to uh, the end of this year. So obviously, at the end of last year, the NCAA granted all winter athletes an extra year of eligibility due to the pandemic. So my first question is, what was your re- initial reaction to that news? And what kind of made you want to take that fifth year and do another year of college hockey? Because I know some of your members of your senior class um, that season um, did not choose to take their fifth year
0: right um so even prior to the decision of the um, ncaa granting everyone eligibility i had communicated with my coach um chris mckenzie before even getting onto campus in august and i just kind of laid it just gave it to him straight and i was just like hey like if things aren't looking good because they weren't um i just let him know that i probably would redshirt and come back for you know, a guaranteed fifth year and um, he was really supportive about it. And he completely understood and agreed where I was coming from. So I think that like comfort in itself, just kind of helped me get through those questionable first two months of where our season was going. And then whenever it happened, if it was October or November, I can't really remember, but when the NCAA granted us all, you know, a partial season, but, also the additional eligibility, I think it was like the best of both worlds. And I think I knew like right away, there was never a doubt that I wouldn't come back to stores, Connecticut. So Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I'm just extremely grateful that I could even have that opportunity.
1: Yeah. And obviously like, um, did you talk to your class members about like taking that fifth year? Cause I know the Wabick sisters did. I know you did. I was wondering if there was like any communication between you guys or was it kind of just a personal decision you made individually?
0: Yeah, I think um, the biggest factor when coming back is deciding what we're going to do for school. And I think um, Emily Reed, she already did her master's. Savannah Boozide, I think she just wanted to make a personal decision and go back home or closer to home. And I think um, I persuaded the Wabix to kind of stay with me and strongly persuaded or force them to stay with me. So, um, yeah, no, I think I think they're happy with their decision too. But um, I was lucky that I got two two out of two out of five. Mm-hmm.
1: And um, I have a question. Like, how did um, I guess? How does it work academically uh, with the fifth year? Because um, I know you have to take a certain number of classes to like play. So I guess I was, I'm just curious. Like, how does it work academically, and how did you make it work?
0: Yeah. So my dis- my position is a a little different. Um, We were all going to be enrolled in certificate programs, but that just completely fell apart um, like a week into class. And I ended up switching back into undergrad. And so now I'm pursuing just a second major in communications. Um, But they're still getting their certificate. It was just kind of different with like Canadian visas than my like schedule availability so it was all messed up there's definitely a lot of tears shed in that first like week of school but um it's all good now um Mm -hmm. and yeah
1: (laughs) yeah how's communication classes going because i'm 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 a communication major yeah
0: um i really like it it's different because i was i obviously got my my um bachelor of science in allied health um so that's what i graduated with last year but Um, I think it's like a good refreshing subject away from like science and math Um, and just like learning about like obviously how to communicate both verbally, non-verbally, interpersonal, whatever. So, um, yeah, I really like it. I think it's interesting.
1: Now, what was your mindset like heading into this season? Obviously, because last year was a very different year with not having fans in the building and kind of all the challenges you had to face because of COVID. Um. So I guess what was your mindset heading into this season, especially since last year didn't really end off the way your team wanted to, because I know your team was, go- their goal was to make it to that hockey's championship game and obviously it didn't happen.
0: Yeah. So um, this year I think it was just different because we were so experience based. We were, we had a lot of upperclassmen um, talent and I think we just kind of leaned on that a lot and kind of just had higher expectations than ever before. And I think our, our underclassmen and our new freshmen kind of tapped into that culture right away. And I think everyone just kind of had that shared mindset that this is the year that we're going to do it because we're not waiting. So um, yeah, it was awesome to see everyone put in the work day in and day out and just be committed to one another. It was, it was awesome. It was such a special group to be a part of.
1: And obviously your team had a very historical season. So I guess at what point during uh, the beginning of the season, did you realize that this group was very special? Was it kind of before games were played during like the training practice period, or was it like in that first game against LIU that you realized this is going to be a special group?
0: Um, I think it took a little bit of time just to get a few games under our belt and like just the transition for everyone to get back acclimated into college hockey. But um I probably figured it out a little sooner than others, just because I'm rooming with a grad transfer. That is Summer Ray Dobson. Um, and she obviously comes from Mercyhurst, who's had a lot of success in the national tournament or national tournament. And, um, yeah, I think that her experience at her other school was completely different. And she tells me that all the time, but I think it was relatively soon that she that she figured out that this team was special. So she would always tell me how excited she was and um, just how good feelings she would get after or before games and stuff. So um, I think her, her confidence and her positivity just rubbed off onto me and I just kind of knew that we would do something special this year.
1: It seemed like you guys had a good connection, especially on that power play. Was rooming together like a big reason for that? Because I didn't know that coming in.
0: <laughs> um, well, I was supposed to live with Cam Wong, um, but she went off to the Olympics this year for Team China. But Summer so was a great replacement. I was obviously nervous having never met her before, but um, I love her. Um, she's she's so... Ugh, she's such a dit sometimes, it kills me. Um, but... Yeah she is definitely the person you want on your team um, not playing against and you can probably see that from her scrums in front of the net which a lot are on the power play so she's definitely a good companion to have there.
1: <laughs> and I feel I always said she was like one of the best finishers on the team like she always knew how to finish um, plays and get those goals and I think it's kind of showed uh, this year with some of the goal totals that you had in certain games it was always like some of Ray Dobson had like two or three goals like it was very rare to see her not have more than one goal in a game.
0: Yeah, she is definitely known for being the garbage goal type, <laughs> and I will never let her um, live that down.
1: So <laughs> It did work in that playoff game against BU. That was a very garbage goal, just taking the rebound. yeah But if, well, as long as it works, <laughs> that's all that counts. So Exactly. Now, um, talk about, I guess, what was like having fans back in the arena as well. Was that nice uh, to have uh, the, that crowd noise? Because I know you told me that you missed it. Uh, last year even though Frady's is kind of a weird arena compared to some of the other ones in hockey east
0: yeah it was um I caught it was amazing honestly I think my my parents personally my dad especially I think he made it almost every single game um despite traveling from Minnesota um so that was honest honestly so special to me this year but um not even my parents i miss my teammates parents so much like danica's pasquale's parents are basically my second <laughs> mom and dad so um yeah seeing them in the rink every weekend was so awesome um they bring so much energy and so much banter sometimes <laughs> that um you just love having their presence there
1: yeah and obviously you know it helps the energy in the in the ice too but i have to ask uh i think this was the last full season at frady's so um, Is it a bit sad for you, not know, knowing that uh, Frady's is going to not be around for much longer?
0: <sighs> it, it is, and I think when that day happens, it will be bittersweet. Mm-hmm. But I think everyone is going to love the new rink, and I'm very jealous. Um, but we can get into that later.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that later. Let's kind of talk a little bit about the season now. Well, another thing that happened this year that you didn't get to have last year is you played non-conference games. I'm curious, what was that nice to have the, those, those games back? Um, uh, and how beneficial are they just because I feel like sometimes, um, they don't really help you with like parawise or a conference. So it's like, I'm curious, what's the benefit of playing some of those non-conference games?
0: Yeah. Um, I would say there's good and bad. I think, um, that first trip to RPI hit us like a brick wall just because we were, we haven't been on a bus trip. That was so long, you know, a long time. So Um, I think everyone struggled with that, um, in the first, in the first couple weekends. So that was brutal to go through, but, um, yeah, I think it's good to play out of conference teams just to see how different, uh, styles of plays and matchups, like how a hockey team would do against an ECA team, ECAC team. Um, but yeah, there's obviously, um, the point that it doesn't help pairwise and, um, it can obviously make or break some records, but, um, for the experience, I think it's good to get a different, um, experience playing teams out of your conference that you're so used to playing, uh, just every year. So, um, depending on who you play can be great or not.
1: <laughs> yeah. What's like the difference in of style of play between hockey's teams versus teams in other conferences? Is there any difference or is it kind of similar?
0: Um, I would say a, a small one would just be a, like an aggression factor. I think ECAC and I know WCHA for sure um, are just a lot more aggressive. I think hockeys maybe if you get bumped a little, you might look towards the ref and say, there's something here. Um, but like playing against Yale or Quinnipiac, absolutely. You just let them play. So Um, personally I like that style I think that's how I play (laughs) uh, myself but um, there's subtle differences that um, I like playing against different teams
1: what's what's your favorite non-conference game you've ever played in your career with UConn
0: Um, I think probably my freshman year when we went to St. Cloud um, obviously just the home state and having my whole entire extended family there and um, past coaches and past teammates and, uh, high school friends. That was, that was the best one.
1: Obviously the Olympic ice sheet, I feel like you probably love that because it gives you more time and space to uh, create some cool moves.
0: I do. Yeah. I love big ice. Um, it definitely hurts the legs a little bit. Um, like UNH's rink and St. Cloud definitely, but, um, yeah, there's benefits and disadvantages. (laughs) I think
1: definitely. Now, one thing that your team experienced this season that you haven't experienced before in your collegiate careers you were ranked uh, for the first time since 2009. Uh, how did it feel to be ranked for the first time, and how did you handle the pressure of being a ranked team uh, this season? <laughs>
0: um, yeah, finding out we were ranked was actually one of the coolest moments. Um, we had one of my classmates, Savannah Buzide, she was visiting for the week, and uh, she was watching our practice, and she, like, stopped – like the whole thing made a big scene and she was like, we're ranked. Um, So we found out on the ice, which was, which was pretty awesome. Um, Handling the pressure. We probably could have done that a little better um, just because we were like one and done within a week. So that was kind of tough to handle, but um, yeah, I, I think we just knew numbers, rankings, score sheets, whatever. It doesn't really matter. What matters is, the end of the season in february when playoffs happen so i think that was our mindset all along it's it's great to get recognized and we deserve to get recognized after the season that we had but it wasn't what we were chasing for
1: yeah well as as a fan i was kind of disappointed because there's that point in like december where you're winning like like five or six straight games and like why are they not ranked like it makes no <laughs> sense compared to some of these other records where I'm like I hate to break it to them but like you kind of has a better <laughs> record so I was very happy to see your team get ranked because I definitely wanted to see your team get recognized but it seemed like Vermont in January once they had that winning streak kind of took that away from you very quickly
0: yeah yeah um yeah you know when you're hot you're hot so um I think we've always been a playoff team and we kind of showed them
1: yeah you got the last laugh at the end of the day. We did, yes. <laughs> now, uh, one memorable moment that I kind of want to talk about from this season, one of my favorite games actually, was the Nutmeg Final Classic against Quinnipiac because obviously we talk about non-conference games and their meaning. But this game obviously had a big meaning because Quinnipiac was one of the top country teams in the country. So talk about that game. And even though it didn't go your team's way, what you take away? Um, from that game heading into the second half of the season? Cause you really competed with them. And I really felt like it boosted your team's confidence um, once the first um, series of that second half of the season kind of started.
0: Yeah. So we actually, that was our second run in with Quinnipiac that season. We actually scrimmaged them um, back in September, I think. And what we remembered, it was a very even matchup. Um, and I, I don't even, I think the whole ranking and where they stood in November, It didn't really phase us because we had that in the back of our heads that we can play with them. Um, So, yeah, it was a very challenging, hard-fought game. I think we were so even the whole night. Like, I don't think you can even say that they dominated us because it it was back and forth the whole game. And I don't really remember what the goals were or whatever, but I will not – get out of my head that I hit the post with the last ten seconds something left. So that will haunt me. Um I robbed my my nutmeg trophy that I've never received. Um but yeah, it was definitely a good championship game. Even to be in the championship game was um a highlight of the season too.
1: Yeah, it's disappointing to see Quinnipiac win the trophy on your home ice. That's something that (laughs) I didn't want to see, but unfortunately that (laughs) did happen. But luckily you gave him a good fight and that's all that counts.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Now one another memorable moment from the season was when your team swept Boston College. This was one of my another f- series that I really enjoyed watching. Um, you scored obviously scored that OT winner in the second game. So talk about that sweep and what it meant to the team because you really took it to BC in that weekend and it was fun to watch.
0: Yeah, I think um, I think BC has just been the team that we've considered our our arch nemesis or <laughs> our rival. Um, so it's it's easy to get up for BC. Um, Motions are high um you know everyone just wants to win uh every single shift so um yeah it's emotional and you know it gets physical and pretty nasty after sometimes but honestly at the end of the day it's it's uh, feeling like no other beating bc and to score the overtime winner i <laughs> i think that was that was a pretty good one that i'll remember for a while just because they Definitely took the lead with a minute left, and I think they knew that they were going to win. But um, miraculously, Summer tied it up, and I finished it. So yeah, um, yeah, no, it was a good one to get back.
1: One player I want to give a shout out from that play was Ann Boyer because she threw you a great pass, and I think I, I felt like that was not talked about enough was how good of the assist that she gave. You. <laughs>
0: Yeah, she, um, I think she's a dangle first defenseman, Um, but I, so I knew that, and I think she was behind the net kind of faking out, whatever, Um, and I just knew that was my moment to blow the zone, so um, I could have not asked for a better pass, I think I might have even tripped over my own feet a little bit, it looks like, but um, yeah, no, she definitely was the right girl to be out there for that
1: play. You've scored many clutch goals during your career with UConn. I guess, like, what's been the favorite – what's been your favorite goal you've ever scored? And is there any secret to having that clutch gene just because um, it seems like every time big moments come, you always find a way to find – to put the puck in the back of the net. (laughs) Uh,
0: My favorite – my favorite goal – I have two, probably, and they're against BC, surprisingly. (laughs) Um, Probably my freshman year uh, in the hockey semifinals – Uh, when we beat them, uh, that one was just really special because my uncle actually passed away the day before. So, um, coming into that game, I was kind of an emotional wreck, but, um, I kind of did this thing where I picked a spot in the rink for him to be watching and, um, I actually scored two goals that game. So that was really special to me. I felt like he was definitely there watching and, um, that'll be really special, uh, going forward looking back and then my second favorite was probably my junior year um in the third game of this uh quarterfinal series against bc and i scored the game winner with like three minutes left and it just happened to be my 100th career point so celebrating that in the locker room after was pretty cool too
1: and obviously is that freshman year goal of one of the best photos of all time with you like sliding on the ice? I love that. Yeah, yep,
0: that would be it. That's
1: the. I think that's one of the – honestly one of the all-time photos from <laughs> Penn Women's Hockey. I don't know why they haven't put it up in the Frady Center. Maybe they will put it up in that new rink because I, I think it's great because the emotion on your face. But like the sliding <laughs> on the ice part, it's like a great goal celebration in my It opinion.
0: was, yeah. No, it's fitting that I was on the ice and not on my feet, so <laughs> –
1: now what's uh you also broke speaking of goals, you broke the program record for most goals uh, for UConn women's hockey. I was curious what your reaction was when you found out and because I thought that was really cool. and Did you know that you had that record um before, that you had the chance to break that record I guess this year, or were you not really thinking about it
0: um I really didn't know um until someone I think on our media team pointed it out to me and she, she said you're really close i'm I'm counting and um yeah, so that was a little added pressure, but um, the previous holder was actually an alumni and she was actually uh, an assistant coach here forever and she um, played a big role in recruiting me. So I'm pretty close with her, Jacqueline Hawkins, and I reached out to her after I broke the record and I apologized and I kind of gave her some some guff, but um, she was so happy for me and she wanted it to be broken so bad. So um, that definitely just goes to show the character she is. So it was
1: awesome did you get to keep the puck
0: um actually funny story no because my coaches didn't know about the record so oh, they did tough. not get the puck for me
1: so <laughs> some fan or some someone from unh has that that's disappointing um <laughs> I know. but hopefully maybe maybe in like i guess to make it a more positive maybe the next game that unh played they used that puck and someone got their right. first goal with it so yeah. at least it's used you well so that's the right. that's how i'm gonna spin it at least <laughs> Absolutely. No, What was like your the your favorite moment from the regular season uh, when you look back on it now? There was a lot of great moments, but um, what was like your favorite? Probably the BC one. But is there any one that I forgot to mention? I guess.
0: Um, I think my senior day was pretty special. Um, we just came to the rink, and you know our stalls were all dressed up from our uh, underclassmen, and we had uh, binders of pictures and letters and obviously the whole ordeal and so that was really awesome and so cute to come to the rink and definitely had the tears flowing a little bit but um the game itself against Northeastern was one of the most exciting and thrilling games that I've ever been a part of um just to be down by two and come back to tie it and then go down again and come back to tie it again <laughs> um yeah even though we ended in a tie I think I think we might have honestly been one of the teams that scored the most against Northeastern. So um, yeah, you know, that's a stat that I will proudly take uh proudly take. And um yeah, I think that was one of the one of my favorite moments from the season.
1: Yeah, not many people can say they've scored that many goals on Aaron Frankel. So um you can yes. see, you definitely should take that with pride because she's one of the best <laughs> goalies in hockey east. Right. Now, talk a little, let's get into the playoffs a little bit, because in the playoffs, in the first round, you beat Boston University. Um, what did that win mean to you, especially since that was your last game at Frady's? And uh, talk about uh, just the game as a whole, beating BU, because I feel like they gave you guys a good game. But eventually you kind of pulled through and took advantage of your opp- offensive opportunities when they did not.
0: Yeah, so that was a... It's nerve-wracking game. I think playoffs obviously brings it out of everyone, um, and it didn't help that I think they scored in the first one or two shifts.
1: First shift, I think.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> I think that kind of just stunned us a little bit, and we just kind of had to all take a little deep breath and continue to play our game, and that's what we did. And we came back after each period and said, she's going to break. Um, I think she, the goalie stood on her head, but – Oh boy, we just had so many offensive chances and I think we really dominated that team. So, uh, it was, it was a good one to get under our belt. Um, it was one of the first home games that we've hosted a playoff game. So that was really cool to be a part of. And after, um, knowing that it would probably be our last home game, I think I, we, it was definitely emotional. I think, um, at the end of the game when we saluted our fans, it was a coincidence that all the seniors were left on the ice. And I think we just had a little moment and we got in a little huddle and it was luckily captured on film, but we just took a moment and just said how thankful we were for each other and um, the place that we called home. So yeah, it was it was a very touching moment that we could kind of close that chapter and uh, move on to the next. So it was a really good um, special game for sure.
1: Yeah, and that was definitely awesome that they caught that footage just because um, I saw everyone like kind of reposting. I thought it was kind of cool seeing like how you yeah. guys took that moment in uh, just because I feel you don't really get to get the, those moments captured at all. So that's cool that you got to have that. Yeah. And obviously, I think the offense it was kind of a good game because one player I feel like is one probably honestly the most underrated player in hockey East is Vicky Harkness. And she got the offensive going, creating a turnover in the neutral zone and giving it over to Jada Habish, who obviously had a great shot and beat that goalie and made it the game won nothing and then or won one and then obviously Summer got that garbage goal as you like to call it, and made <laughs> so and then obviously the empty net, empty netter was impressive as well. So how did that game help your team's confidence heading into Vermont on uh, knowing that you can get those tough goals?
0: Yeah, I I think it's what you need to see on the next day when you're studying game film, we can score the highlight reel goals or we can score the ugly goals and um, playing Vermont. It's definitely an ugly goal game. Um, So while I admire uh, Vicky's shot um, to the day I die, I would never want to be the goalie behind her, her shot. Um, Yeah, no, she's created so much offense for us and give us so much light and, um i'm definitely so lucky to have been her line mate um so much over my career so uh, yeah no she definitely deserves the shout out
1: <laughs> oh yeah no i think she had won the she was on the top five for points on your team this year so mm-hmm. i just feel like no one ever talks about whenever they mention yukon hockey i feel like she never gets highlighted so i thought it would be good to give her a shout out on this
0: <laughs> absolutely
1: well, talk a little bit more about that game against Vermont, uh, beating them on the road and what it meant to your team. Um, well, Also, what's it like playing at the gut, too, because it's kind of an old rink. But talk about what it was like winning uh, that game against Vermont and heading into the hockey's championship game. Because, like I said, I feel like Vermont gave you a lot of trouble this past regular season and the previous um, season as well in your senior year. So what? how did it feel to finally beat that team and kind of head into the championship game against Northeastern?
0: Yeah, um, it was definitely very nerve-wracking. Um, obviously going up to their rank. uh, We've definitely played in in that and they can pack the gut pretty pretty good. So um, we knew they'd probably have the crowd advantage, which they absolutely did. Um, And we also played a late seven o'clock game. So we were just all kind of sitting around the hotel every day or that day, just everyone just kind of looked at each other and then would like turn away because no one wanted to like acknowledge that the nerves were there, but they definitely were. but I think the biggest thing was Vermont was riding such a high at that point in the season. And I think they were, they thought they were untouchable and I think that they kind of maybe came out um, onto the ice with that attitude. And I say I have a little ritual with Danny Fox before the game and when it's when we're stretching and I ask how you're doing, blah, blah, blah. And I just look at her and, she was nervous and she looked at me kind of for some reassurance. And I just said, I was like, I know we're going to, I know we're going to win today. So have that with what you will, but we're going to win. And she started the game first shift with Morgan and summer and God, they almost scored on the first shift. So I think their energy they brought just electrified our, our crowd and um, our bench. And again, we just took it to them and we just played our game, our way. And uh, came out with the win, the much-needed, the much-deserved win. So I was really proud of our group for that.
1: And obviously your goalie for that playoffs, Megan Warner, had an outstanding playoffs. Uh, talk about what she meant for that playoff run because oh I every game, she, it was hard to score on her.
0: Yeah, she was a brick wall. Um, unfortunately, our starting goalie, Sam, uh, suffered a groin injury a couple of weeks past. So she did not get the nod for the game. So Megan had to step up and – they big shoes to fill and, you know, our style of play with our goalies, we want them really to be active and play the puck and, you know, be strategic in, um, with their play. So, um, first and foremost, she stopped probably three two on ones, the breakaway. She had so many odd man rushes that it was incredible just to watch her confidence rise and, um, just her assurance in herself was amazing so to have that behind us was probably the the whole reason that we won um, she was amazing that game
1: and then obviously you played northeastern in the hockey's championship game which ended up being your final college hockey game first off talk about what was different about this championship game against northeastern versus the other ones you've played against them and uh, what emotions were you feeling after the game ended knowing that it was going to be probably your final college hockey game just because of how the paralyzed worked
0: yeah so that game um yeah it it, it was tough obviously i think that whole day everyone was on edge um everyone was just trying to do the same routine um and kind of just let you know the game play out um obviously there was nerves and excitement um we just kept talking about like holding the trophy and getting the hats and whatever but obviously there was going to be a world war three breakout um, from that game so we knew what to expect obviously and we played them two and a half weeks earlier um so it was not going to be an easy game. Um, I think, uh, sorry. It's like already coming back to me. Um, no one really told us that it would be our last college game. <laughs> and I didn't appreciate that because I think when we lost, it was like so hard to even just kind of, uh, embrace that feeling because there was still like a sliver of hope that we would maybe get in that large bid. Um, so, yeah, the emotions after were – I was devastated um, for myself and for my teammates and my classmates, for my coaches. Um, I think the season that we had um, speaks for itself and that we were completely deserving uh, to raise that championship cup and um, get that title of hockey's championship champions. Um, but obviously – Obviously, it didn't turn out that way, uh, and that's okay. Um, But, yeah, no, I think just even getting to that point, um, something to be completely proud of, so that's how I'm going to take it. Um, I can't wait for the day that this team actually goes all the way and uh, beats the hump, gets over the obstacle, um, and I will be cheering just as loud as I was uh, in the stands, so I can't wait.
1: Yeah, were you do you think um i was were you upset that they um didn't let you in the tournament I guess just because I obviously know they go off by pairwise but I thought it was kind of odd that five ECAC teams uh, made it in and only one hockeys team did yeah
0: um that was kind of what we were kind of preying on it was I knew I mean we knew the math we weren't uh we weren't really in the mix but we were hoping that like the panel of committee members, board members, whatever, would maybe take it into consideration that there's only one um, hockey. I think there was another factor that I forgot that we were like clinging to the possibility of. Um, But yeah, we all watched the selection show on Sunday. And when we didn't hear our names, I think we just all kind of looked around and just kind of (laughs) sobbed. To each other, but um, yeah, it was another really special moment because everyone went around and just said how grateful they are for each other and how thankful they were for you know the seniors and whatever. But um, yeah, it was. It comes with a lot of disappointment just because with whatever with everything we did this year. But it's kind of how life goes sometimes.
1: Yeah. And what will you take away from your UConn hockey career when you look back on it now? Obviously, it's still kind of fresh wounds as uh, just talking to you now, but when you look back on it, what will you take away from it? Because obviously the whole thing is fantastic, what you accomplished here with your teammates, and I feel like that's going to be what you remember more from your time than that last game that you played.
0: Yeah, um, for sure. I think first and foremost the relationships I made here um, are going to be – with me for the rest of my life. I think I'm so fortunate to be coached by um, Chris McKenzie, Casey Handrahan, um, Elizabeth Wolf, and Caitlin Parker, many others. Um, I'm so grateful for what they've taught me on the ice, off the ice. Um, my teammates, especially, I think, uh, I would have never got it through, never got through five years of undergrad <laughs> um, without them. And I just think that I'll take what I've learned from my team and my coaches with me and kind of go through life, whether it's a job or more hockey. And uh, yeah, I'll take those lessons with me wherever I go, for sure.
1: Now, the new rink is supposed to be done in January 2023. Let's kind of switch subjects a little bit. Uh, So do you plan to visit the new rink and what do you think it should be called? I'm curious. I think it should be called Snodgrass Center uh, based on what you accomplished.
0: um well I can't agree with that um I don't think it should be called that um even though I like the sound of it um I think my classmates have definitely uh already pre-planned a trip to come for the opening opening weekend and I made uh coach max swear for alumni game to have just because I need to skip on the ice. Otherwise I'll probably go insane if I don't experience that ability. Um, I don't really know what that should be called, but I would love for the penalty box. I've just spent a lot of time there, so I think it's more than fitting to just be dedicated to me.
1: Yeah, what, what do you think it should be called? Any of your teammates, do you think <laughs> it should be called by, named by any of your teammates that you had at, um, with the UConn, I'm curious, Pasqua Center, it could be, it should be named after a woman's hockey player, in my opinion.
0: <laughs> oh gosh. Honestly, I think if if anyone had those bragging rights, it would probably be Jacqueline Hawkins just because she still holds all the records for, for mm-hmm. the program. So she's a high standard to uphold.
1: Awesome. Well, we'll see what, uh, what, what do you guys know what's going to be called them actually? Or is it going to be decided like when the rink opens?
0: I don't. I don't. We haven't heard anything yet. Probably with a donor, but
1: you know, yeah, you we'll know. See. Someone just has to have the drop the the money on the thing, and then right, exactly. I would love it to be named after myself. I know that that sounds egotistical, <laughs> but I would love to have a rank named after me. So if I had the money, I'll totally do right. The, get it, yes. myself.
0: <laughs> That's the first issue, though the money.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't really have that right now as a college student, but hopefully, maybe in a few years that I can change that. Okay.
0: You and me both.
1: <laughs> now, what are your plans after college? Do you have any hockey in your future, or do you plan to just retire and do something else?
0: Um, I don't think uh, my—I don't think I have it in me to retire yet. Um, I think I will definitely try to play professional, whether that's overseas in Europe somewhere or. Um, with the pHF or PWHPA my my biggest hope is that they can come to an agreement and kind of just make one one league one you know one place for women's hockey to just um, flourish but I don't have high hopes in that uh, unfortunately but yeah wherever wherever it takes me i I, I have some options uh, so I'm grateful but I definitely cannot hang up the skates yet.
1: How do you decide, like, where to go? I'm curious because if you look for men's hockey, it's pretty easy to know, like, you're going to go to the ECHL, AHL, NHL. Um, For women's hockey, how do you make the decision of, like, which league you want to play for?
0: Yeah, um, that's probably one of the biggest discrepancies between uh, men's and women's hockey. I think um, after college, you kind of on your own to kind of figure some stuff out. You have to reach out to some coaches rather than, them showing interest in you. So it's kind of like being recruited all over again, Um, which is unfortunate just because there's obviously a a low demand for women's hockey. But uh, obviously I have connections in in Europe as uh, past teammates, my sister, um, other teammates and coaches have have played over there. So um, I could play in Austria or Sweden or china or russia or you know so many places um or i could go back home and play for the minnesota whitecaps um i'm not really sure what the pwhpa um where they're kind of located so i'd probably have to do some research on them but yeah i probably have to make that decision in the next couple months um so yeah i'll definitely keep you in the loop um but i have no idea as of right now uh, what that next chapter looks
1: like well hopefully i hopefully i, I can't wait to see where it's going to be whether it's in europe or here in the u.s and i know you're going to do great uh, wherever you play. playing i can't wait to hopefully uh you gotta let me know uh, when that news comes just because i'd love to uh see you play uh, professionally as well
0: well thank you i appreciate that i for sure will
1: obviously it's in europe it'll be a little difficult but you know maybe i'll try <laughs> to do <out> U.S. <laughs>
0: absolutely
1: well another question I want to ask you is uh you've mentioned this before but two of your teammates Tia Chan and Cameron Wong played in the Olympics I was curious uh, what your thoughts were on that and how cool was it to see them play in that tournament
0: yeah uh we definitely missed them on the UConn women's hockey team for sure I think Tia made her name known in that and Cam is one of our most offensive defenseman's. Um, So I think their presence on and off the ice was, was heavily missed this year, but to see them play and represent team China was um, a a feeling like no other. I was so proud of both of them. Um, Just their tryout process and, you know, keeping up with the grind and just um, fighting to the end, honestly, was, was so inspiring. And to see them play, among some of the best female athletes in the world, um, on that stage was, was something else. And, uh, even though I wasn't even there, I'm just so proud of them and I'm so happy and so excited to see where their, um, international careers take them.
1: Yeah. And obviously Leah Lum was also on that team. I was just curious, did you ever get the chance to play with her and how cool was it to see, um, one another UConn player with team China as well?
0: Yeah. Lummer was uh, a senior when I was a freshman and um, I think she was probably responsible for a lot of my, my goals, my freshman year. So she's an ultimate teammate Um, and for her to get the assistant captain honor was, was pretty cool to see. Very well-deserved.
1: So we're now in a segment I like to call the non-hockey segment, as you are well aware of, Uh, we're asking some non-hockey questions just to get to know you a little bit more (laughs) off the ice. Now this non-hockey segment is a little bit different because I tried to find, it was hard actually, because when you've been on the podcast two other times, it's hard to find non-hockey questions, but I try to find some interesting questions to ask you and hopefully get to know you a little bit more off the ice. So first question is, what is your guilty pleasure song?
0: Oh, um, probably like Fergalicious by Fergie. I don't even know if people think that's a bad song, but, um, it's definitely one of my jams.
1: I think for me, it's probably Love Story by Taylor Swift, just because oh. you, see, you don't see too many guys jam out to that, but I'll definitely jam <laughs> out to, to that. Um, it's a great song.
0: That's fair. I'll agree yeah. with that one.
1: If there was a movie made about your life, who would you want to play yourself and why?
0: Um, probably Margot Robbie, just because I love her as an actress. And she kind of has some skating uh, background abilities, just because she... Uh, Played in I Tanya, and I think her sass and her portrayal of Tanya was um, very similar to maybe what I would be like. So I think she would kill kill it if she played Natalie Snodgrass.
1: Yeah, that's that would be definitely a good movie to see, see uh, <laughs> in the theaters. But for me, I'll probably choose like uh, probably like Andrew Garfield just because I think he's a cool guy and he is a great actor, and I feel like he would get my mannerisms down, even though we don't really look that much alike. You got the hair. Yeah, that's all. That, I guess so. Not the face, unfortunately, but uh, we'll, we'll try to make that work. I guess post um, post production. <laughs> now, uh, what is the most embarrassing moment you've ever had? Whether it's in hockey or just in life.
0: Oh God! I think even thinking about this question makes me like cringe. Um, I'm not sure, like the ultimate embarrassing moment would be for me. I probably have a lot. Um, but the most recent one was back in the fall when, uh, a lot of teammates and I went to, um, the Six Flags amusement park and we had to walk like a mile from our car just to get to the park. And we got all the way there and I realized that my, my purse, my little fanny pack was unzipped and I lost everything. I lost my license, my debit card, my credit card. And for me being the oldest on the team and just having my freshman laugh at me, I think that was just a very hard bruise to the ego that I will gladly forget.
1: <laughs> yeah. Did you end up finding all that, that stuff? Because th- Um because that's I didn't
0: no. oh so
1: how'd you get that stuff replaced then you had to call the insurance company i guess
0: yeah uh people tried to use my my debit cards um instead of returning them because you know people and Mm -hmm. uh, i had to call get a new license it was it was a very um unfortunate way to to start a day at six flags but um yeah that one i mean it's laughable now but in the moment it was pretty bad (laughs)
1: Luckily, did you have fun at Six Flags at least, or you couldn't really do much after that because you were watching (laughs) that stuff?
0: I did have fun. I think we went on like three rides because the wait times were just unbelievable, but it was the best three rides I'll ever be on. (laughs)
1: yeah i went there for a field trip one one year and there was a ride i don't know what it was called but it was like it was there was like no line for it so me and my friends just kept going on and on the same ride it was fun so just because there was no line for it because some of these yeah. other rides they take like they're like two hour waits so yeah. but after that i've never taken another roller coaster i'm not not a fan not for
0: me yeah i don't know if i'll have to go back um but maybe we'll see the in the spring <laughs>
1: We'll see. We'll see. Is there any six flags in Minnesota or any amusement parks? There's I know there's the Mall of America, but
0: Yeah. the mall. Yeah, the mall actually is a really good amusement park um, inside of it, which is awesome. Uh there's a big one down the road um called Valley Fair, but uh that also is the town where the casino is uh located, which I'll probably spend more time there because mm-hmm. I kind of have a gambling problem with me and my best friend. So
1: Nice, nice. Well, hopefully you don't lose too much money from that, I guess. Hopefully you gain money. That's the hope. So. Yes,
0: yes. That's always the goal.
1: Now, what is the most interesting thing you've seen or read this week?
0: Um, seen or read? Uh, well, if this counts, I f- actually finished a book last week um, called The Couple Next Door. That was my, my spring break read. And that was one of my favorite books that I read. So that was really good.
1: What's well, about?
0: um it's about a kidnapping of a a child and it's kind of just like a thrilling mystery of who did it why and um the couple next door has just a kind of shady role in it so uh yeah it was definitely a page turner
1: that's that sounds like a fun read uh it seems like a bit scary though um but uh did they figure out like was it based on a real story or is it like all like fiction
0: I don't think so. Um, I definitely was like screaming at it for one point. I was like, "Why? Like this is not supposed to happen." Um,
1: yeah.
0: But yeah, the ending was the ending was fitting for sure.
1: That's good. That's good. I think the most interesting thing that I saw this week, and this is so bad because it's hockey related, but I saw mm-hmm. that Vladislav first off signed with the Wild. So I thought that was pretty interesting to see, just because I didn't know if he was going to stay or not
0: yes uh he did yeah i think he's a three-year entry-level contract um Mm -hmm. but yeah he's shipped off to iowa um for the remainder of the season but i hope to see him in the minnesota wild jersey one time and hopefully i can scam some tickets from him
1: (laughs) yeah i don't know if you ever talked to him or not but you might you might you might be able to do that since you got the uconn connection
0: i know i know
1: (laughs) now how can you tell if someone has a good sense of humor
0: it's a good question. I think if they're able to kind of think quick on their feet, um, I think just with, you know, the hockey culture and chirping and um, just kind of poking poking the bear, I think, um, you definitely just have to have some quick wit and a good sense of humor to kind of just deflect that off of you. Um, so that's kind of who I gravitate towards. Um, right. Summer thinks she has a good uh, chirp game, but she doesn't um but i kind of s- keep her around regardless
1: <laughs> yeah who who is like who's what's the best trip that you've ever gotten or you've ever gave to someone on the ice
0: oh god i probably can't say that on on <laughs> hey you're this not spot. playing
1: college hockey anymore so i will say that so you don't have to worry about that
0: um i think the worst one i've ever received <laughs> was about my eyebrows um i don't even know what team said it but they were like what's with your eyebrows and I was like that doesn't even make sense so yeah. I was just so off guard so maybe that was the point of it but that one I was like that's not good
1: <laughs> yeah I think the how I tell someone has a good sense of humor is if like they make awkward situations funny because I feel like oh yeah I sometimes run into a lot of those sometimes but when someone can make it funny I think it's awesome so that's definitely I feel like the best type of humor is when someone does that
0: yeah that's definitely a good tool to have too
1: what is the best ice cream at the dairy bar? Husky I don't know if Trax. I asked you this before, but I'll ask you again, I guess.
0: Yeah. Husky tracks all the way or mint chocolate chip. I love just basic mint. So, but husky tracks is number one for sure.
1: Not, not a mint guy. Unfortunately, I'd like uh, the, either the fraps that they have or they're not called fraps in Connecticut. They're called milkshakes. I had to learn that. Oh
0: right. okay. But,
1: uh, or just regular cookie dough ice cream. I think that they always do a good job with that. So, and it's honestly. Sure. Do you think it's the best ice cream place in the U.S.? Because people have told me that it is.
0: Well, um, that is a that was quite the statement. Um, I'm gonna say no, even though I love the Dairy Bar and what they stand for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like there's better out there.
1: My dad. My dad claims it's the best he's ever had. You kind of lump, so maybe that has something to do with it. But <laughs> okay, he, he maybe. Me, so who no knows? bias whatsoever. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? But it's definitely good, nonetheless. And yeah, I heard that Coach McKenzie gives it to recruits um, for recruiting visits, which I think is a great tool to use. He definitely
0: does. He definitely plays the right cards. Um, hits all the right notes with the recruits. Um, he def. He also gives it to us for sweeps. Um, which is pretty cool too. So
1: awesome. Awesome. Well, back to some hockey questions now, I guess the last one, I always like to ask people this cause I'm just curious about your opinion on it is should body checking be allowed in women's hockey? <sighs> it's
0: like such a debate. I want to say yes, because it would make our sport more, um, it would attract more fans and obviously, um, we would probably not get as bad of a, as a rep that some people think that our sport does. Um, but I just think that for girls, I'm going to say no, just because the physical advantages and disadvantages some girls have probably just isn't fair for that body checking element to be a part of, which I know sounds crazy cause that's hockey. Um, but I just think what makes our sport unique is that you can use your body and you can be aggressive and you can play the puck and you can probably body check if you're smart. Um, but just the way how girls react to even the smallest nudges, I just don't think that they would handle the body checking that well.
1: Yeah. Have you ever thrown any big checks in your career accidentally, obviously?
0: Um, probably not accidentally. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did grow up playing boys hockey, so I'm just pretty familiar just with playing aggressive and I have an older brother. So that's just kind of who I am. Uh, I mm-hmm. think anyone who plays against me will probably say that I'm known for being um, the the B word. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, I think I've definitely had some big hits, uh, uh, legal and illegal, probably. <laughs>
1: What's like the biggest one? I think you can remember. I, I, I'm just curious because I feel like I feel like sometimes refs are very strict about, it and then sometimes they're not. So it's kind of like interesting to see. At yeah. Least in my opinion.
0: The the one that sticks out is the one I took against Alina Mueller. Um, from what I saw and from what I heard, it was clean. Um, but she dropped the ground, and mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. But I I got a penalty so. That was the one. I was like, "Come on!" But yeah, you know,
1: it is what it is. I guess you know, but. it is. <laughs> now, is there any message you would like to give the UConn fans that are listening to this podcast? Um, just uh, about uh, your yourself or like anything, anything you want to say? I guess.
0: Um, I would say thank you for all your support. Um, there's definitely some super fans out there who have made their attendance consistent, consistent, um, throughout my, my five years. Um, so just thank you for, um, all the love and support you've shown me and my teammates. Um, having you in the Fridas was, uh, a feeling like no other seeing you guys there. So, um, yeah, just an endless big thank you to you.
1: Well, thank you so much for what you did for the program. And I had the chance to see you play at Holy Cross this year. That was pretty fun. I don't know. Uh, I was kind of, I was a bit obnoxious, but you know, I had a good time watching you t- your team play. So that was, that was a fun game nonetheless.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you uh, for your support and just being the biggest UConn fan. So we appreciate oh, yeah. it. And
1: yeah. all yeah, you've done. UConn Hockey Podcast. That's, that's where all the UConn Hockey stuff is. Um, I've been trying my best to do my, uh, go watch all the games and talk about it on that platform.
0: Yeah. Well, I appreciate everything you've done for us and the attention that you bring to our to our program. So thank you.
1: No problem. Well, do you have any shout-outs you want to give or anything else you want to talk about? The floor is all yours. Um, I'll give it all to you. Uh, it's your third time, so you can say whatever you want, I guess. And part <laughs> of the college hockey athlete thing, so you don't have to really worry about like saying <laughs> something that you might not want to say. <laughs>
0: um floor is mine uh i just want to say thank you to my my teammates my coaches my family um thank you and uh you haven't seen the last of me I'm not really sure where I'll, I'll be next but uh stay tuned
1: <laughs> well wherever you go i know that i will be cheering for you i know other people will be cheering for you but i i, I just want to say thank you so much natalie for coming back on the podcast uh You're one of the best UConn players that I've ever had the chance to see. And it's been a huge honor to talk to you three times. Uh, It means so much to myself. And thank you so much for what you've done for this program, for the podcast. And I'm truly grateful for just the, I guess, you coming on and really helping me out. And also truly grateful for what you did for UConn. It really means a lot to myself. But one thing that I think makes you a great hockey player is how good of a person you are off the ice. Uh, one story that uh, I think I, I heard about and I, you can elaborate on is um, one time a little girl wrote, wrote you a letter saying that you were one of her favorite players and you wrote back and gave her a puck. And you've always been super nice to me and other people. And I think it's stories like that to just show you that you're just such a great person. And that what's re- really what makes you a great hockey player, one of my favorite people to root for. So thank you for everything. It really means a lot. And uh, just thank you for being you. You're such a great person. So shout out to you.
0: Well, thank you so much. The appreciation is definitely reciprocated. Um, I've loved what you've done with this podcast and the attention that you've brought to women's hockey is uh, truly awesome. So thank you so much for being an advocate for women's sports. Uh, There's not many of you. So um, yeah, I love to see where you take this and uh, hopefully I'll be back one day.
1: Yeah. We got to talk about your pro hockey experience. (laughs) We got to have you on at least once a year now. It's becoming a thing. Perfect thank you so much for listening to today's interview of college hockey talk if you want to check out our older interviews make sure to do that you can do that on the apple podcast page spotify account or our youtube channel where you can watch many different interviews from this podcast Uh, make sure you follow our social media accounts at college hockey talk and i'll see you guys next time with another great interview but until then take care and have a great day bye (laughs) One step
0: forward and another back I will never try to fool you I'm one heartbeat away from going mad Girl, when you look like that Close
1: up, closer up, I'ma get closer to you Yeah, got me baby Got me hooked on you once again
0: Girl, I hate you How many times?
1: The chance